Welcome to the Empowered with Marcos podcast. I'm your host, Marcos Hurtado, and my intention with this show is to share my knowledge, wisdom, and experiences to develop your mind, body, diet, and soul in an educational and entertaining manner. These episodes will consist of my own stories and talks, along with interviews with some of the great minds and souls that are part of my life. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. podcast thank you everyone for sticking along i know i was off for about three or four weeks i was sick busy with just life in general and just getting busy to move out again i'm moving back to oakland end of the week and today we're gonna kick off the, um resuming the podcast again with an awesome guest matthew piccioni he's a vegan santa comedian and mc and matthew thank you for being on the podcast and for the people that aren't aware of you um, give like a more in-depth bio of yourself. Well, hello, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's it's th- thank you for having me as one of the uh, first guests here in the new year. Definitely honored. Anytime someone asks you to be on their podcast, so thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, Matthew Piccioni. A uh, little interesting fact that means pigeon in Italian, Piccioni. So uh, <laughs> we're not anything cool like a hawk or eagle, but pigeon. So that's what that means. Uh, but yeah, so I do stand up comedy. I've been doing that for 11 years and that's kind of helped me or actually opened doorways to doing other public speaking uh, just in terms of serious talks like at schools for anti-bullying, motivational stuff for the kids. Uh, I've had a chance to speak on veganism and the planet at vegan events along with the comedy, you know, MC, do some uh, board member work with the local school where I'm at. So um, a lot of what I try to do do I basically tell people is, you know, stuff that doesn't just that I love to do, but helps other people, the wellness coaching. And well, of course, the the cooking classes mm-hmm. that I do, I can't forget about that. I do that uh, almost every day. Um, but I do cooking classes, nutrition, healthy cooking at a local uh, community center, basically, by one of California, Southern California's bigger healthcare providers. So I'm fortunate to do that. I do everything plant-based, of course. And uh, it was funny because when I first started, they asked me if I could use meats and uh, this and that. And I'm going to be real. At first, I told them, yeah, because, you know, it was a great opportunity. But over the weekend, that had sat with me. And I was like, I can't do that. I mm-hmm. can't. Like, you know, it just I can't buy the meat. It goes against. So I came back, told them, can't do that. Can't use meat. Thank you for the opportunity. And they're like, well, OK, you can do it the way you need to. But they we just don't label it as vegan. But I'll tell you what, it's been great to see a lot of people tell me, oh, I don't eat meat or hearing so many people, as you know, just more and more, it's becoming the norm and it's, it's a great to see. So that's kind of a nutshell. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And um, it's quite a versatile list of like skills that you have. So the question is, how do you balance everything, especially, you know, doing motivational talks, uh, public speaking and then with comedy, which it may see, of course, there's similarities to them, but you know, when it comes to, like presentation, they're pretty different in the in the in the sense. So, how do you handle that balance? Yes, uh, they are very different, and you know, I'm glad you asked that because that is something mm-hmm. that it took me a while uh, to figure out, and I feel like maybe over the last six months I've started figuring it out more. Uh, but basically, it's becoming my time management is something I really try to focus on more. It hasn't always been my best quality. Um, it clashed because I'm very a naturalist, you know, I think you probably know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not someone who believes time is a concept. It's not a real thing. And freedom is something I've always valued in life, you know, even as far as renting, I'm okay with renting, keep freedom. So that freedom tends to be bad when it comes to time management, because you don't like to be mm-hmm. restricted, you know? So time management is one thing I've had to work on because I tell friends, you know, I can't be too ambitious and want too much sometimes. And it does get hard to figure out what on that plate you got to prioritize. But the way I balance it, what worked really for me is what, you know, looking at it day by day. Sometimes, you know, you got a busy calendar and you're looking at everything all at once and really just slowing it down, saying, okay, what's the first priority? Which one of these events, shows, whatever is coming first? Is it my cooking class? Okay, well, then let me make sure I got that recipe and everything figured out for that day. My things printed it. Then I move on to the next task because it's very easy to overwhelm ourselves. Um, and I use that approach in a nutshell 
when I was out there a couple of years ago for the San Francisco Veg Fest, mm-hmm. uh, the one you've done, where I emceed, and I actually the day before emceed at the Vegas Veg Fest. It just mm-hmm. happened to work out, but it created a very hectic weekend. And I remember, and it's kind of the same approach I take now to how I handle everything on my plate is that weekend, it was a lot of getting back and forth, flying, Ubering, taking this and that. And I told myself, don't get caught up with thinking about, okay, I gotta be here, I gotta be here, enjoy the moment, focus on each task. And then as each task gets knocked out, you know, the to-do list gets knocked out, you look back and be like, all right, I got through that very efficiently. So, you know, I think that's the main thing is what's the most important, you know, sometimes you will have to, you know, things get canceled or collide and, um, you know, you just ship like we, we had to ship things around a little bit, you know, and mm-hmm. fortunately it, it still worked out. So I think that's the best way of summing up how I balance everything. And again, I really just kind of started figuring that recently is, um, you know, I sometimes get excited of everything going on and, you know, I have to slow down and say, hey, what's first? So that's so far it, it's working at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear you because um, same thing here. I have like all types of projects I have working on like the online training, the in-person training, speaking gigs, just networking events, all types of stuff going on. And just having a calendar does wonders. I have to look at it like at least like 15 20 times a day because yeah. i have to like schedule clients accordingly schedule my own day accordingly and just putting like events in place like sometimes i have to like book events like weeks or even months in advance because a lot of the times if i don't put in a calendar i'm gonna forget about it and just it's not gonna it's happen out. exactly exactly or you just like double book yourself and you know that doesn't work yeah. well at all so <laughs> i hear you when it comes to like time management but just using the tools that we have i mean we got the te- we got the technology we got the our phones like calendars even like physical calendars just using whatever we can to just stay organized the best we can i oh yeah i, I definitely agree and one of the areas i feel you know really helps is you know is knowing when to rest you know i'm i go in grind mode and i know you know we, we haven't had a lot of detailed conversation when I see certain people doing what you're doing, you know there's a grind going on behind that because you're doing similar things and you understand. So it's like that sometimes, you know, when you're so goal-driven uh, uh, and want to get somewhere, you know, idle time, downtime doesn't feel right. You don't feel like watching Netflix. You feel like you need to be productive, but sometimes the body, the mind, that spirit just needs to rest, you know? Mm-hmm. Do I have NBA 2K20 on my mobile phone? So those times <laughs> I just want to... Not think about anything and recharge and or nature, you know, nature. Um, I, I tell people no matter what I'm doing in life, as I check off that to do list, could be, you know, all kinds of cool things, whatever it may be. I need nature, I need to get those challenges in that na- only eight nature will offer me. Like, I want to do the Pacific Crest Trail one day, the whole thing, you know, mm. part of it, part of it runs through right here where I live. And, you know, I told myself, it's like, unless I get out there and challenge myself in those ways, nothing will. You know, those things that keep balancing and working will never, you know, be quite, uh, uh, what do you call it, fulfilling, you know. Mm. So, I know you're natural, too. So you probably get what I mean. You still need those those real, those natural things out there. Oh, hell yeah. Just going out to like a park, going out to hike, to the beach, rock green one day in some instances, especially out here in the Bay Area. And yeah, you just need to be outdoors because when we're inside all the time the air quality could be off we're exposed to all these emfs electromagnetic frequencies and you know it helps to just be outside and just cleanse from all that taking some nice fresh air at least the freshest we could we could find the freshest we have available and just being out with the trees too or not like i love trees like just the way when the wind blows and they just dance around they just wave at you it's it's awesome it's great yeah and uh majestic (laughs) exactly so uh that that pacific trail that you mentioned uh how long is it so pacific crest trail is actually about 2600 miles Mm. it runs from there's some good documentaries online it's kind of like the uh i don't know if you've heard of the appalachian trail on the yes. east coast it's the west coast is equivalent but i think it might be longer this one but yeah pacific crest trail runs all the way from the border of canada to the border of mexico and do you know cameron bigger who lives up there in the, your area um uh, not familiar vegan fitness guy i met him at the san jose veg fest i know he was training i'd ask him if he ever did it but he was going to be attempting to do it lots mm. of people have done it it takes you know months 
um, camping out. I uh, watched a documentary of two guys that did it in the heart of winter for the first time ever. Wow. But they had like 53,000 miles of like trekking experience between the two of them. So, yeah, man, it's a it's definitely not an easy thing. But that'd be more when I got the time. I don't have to worry about money and things like that. And mm-hmm. that would be the first big test that that's. But check it out because it probably runs. I would imagine a run. You might have a portion of it somewhere where you're up there and just that's you a- hike it. That's to Google it later. Yeah, because um, like I said before, just even doing like a few miles one day, just checking it out would be pretty cool. I'm not saying doing the whole thing right now, but just like checking like a few miles from it would be pretty cool. You might even run into people on the trail that are doing it for months and kind of talk about it to get stories from them. And um, yeah, you know, and just to meet people that have that kind of drive and energy would be mm-hmm. awesome. That'd be intense probably like i'm sure that's in a few people's like bucket list to actually do the whole thing not to mention i'm actually considering it now <laughs> and we'll trade we'll, we'll do it together <laughs> yeah it. it's, not like, it's not like a super like i said it's doable you know but it's definitely going to be a, t- a test you know and mm-hmm. but when you don't have time as you know when you get out there in nature it's all about just moment by moment doing it experiencing it and you know that that's that's you guys have pretty good uh some pretty nice spots out there where you're at i would imagine oh hell yeah beautiful areas all over the place like for hiking yeah. all over and um especially like in the north bay um in the east bay there's a lot of great places too um there's a uh, one of my favorite places actually right i have my first half marathon there was in mount diablo in 2014 it's okay. almost like 4,000 feet in elevation. Actually, sometimes during the winter, it's even like snow up on the very top, which is, you know, rare for California. Yeah, so, yeah. Especially the Bay Area. So, yeah. Yeah. See, that's what's unique about where I'm at here. And you, we get like, we just got dumped on with snow for Thanksgiving, uh, the day after uh, Christmas. And it was a lot of snow. But, you know, that's what is unique about this desert where I live at. And I've been fortunate because I've been here actually since 1991. Mm. So, that's what also is nice to be able to go to the school, to be doing nutrition, tell people to have been part of a community that's not real big or has a lot of culture or really, you know, it's, it's always been known as a pit stop to Vegas. We're between Vegas and L.A. But that's also the beauty of it. I found it. Even though there's not a lot to do here, it's I'm two and a half hours from Vegas. I'm an hour and a half drive from L.A. Uh, big Bear Mountain is maybe an hour 45 minutes of Lake Arrowhead, right wood to go hike and snowboard is 30, 40 minutes. You know, there's so Southern California, Rancho Cucamonga, 40, 35 minutes. It's like I've really come to realize, like, man, I live in a location where it's close to a lot or Joshua Tree National Park, which is a very popular spot. People come from all over the world is an hour drive for me, you know. Mm. So it's um, and it's a trip because. Have you ever, okay, let's, let's take this a little bit. Have you ever studied ley lines? I like haven't. Spirit, spirit lines. It's the way energy travels. Like uh, ancient, you know, Egyptians, uh, uh, I think natives would call them spirit lines. Mm-hmm. But it's the way energy travels. It's the way the ancient pyramids used uh, it to harness electricity for the pyramids. That's the route, I believe, you know, what they were doing with the pyramid. Mm-hmm. And same concept Tesla used was ley lines. But it's interesting because where ley lines are like intersections it's supposed to be stronger energy like sedona arizona you know has activity there but joshua mm-hmm. too is known for its energy and one day i was just randomly looking up maps and i it, i noticed that two ley lines cross right there in joshua tree and i was like well that's interesting to, you know that's why that energy is so uh strong and special there i mean if you ever have you ever been there I have been to Joshua Tree, but I have been to Sedona. I went there in 2018 doing a road trip. And even though I was sleep deprived, exhausted, we still like hiked up there, went to the, uh, the what'd you call them? The portals? Yes. The yes. portals, right? The energy portals. And I was like, whoa, this is pretty awesome. And plus, it's like, it's a beautiful little town. And then the uh, the red mounds everywhere. It's like amazing. I haven't like seen that that menu, like red mounds, like anywhere. So it was like very scenic, very beautiful. Actually, uh, a a vegan pizza there was actually pretty good. And uh, but yeah, it was a it was a great little town. And actually, like thinking about visiting again, probably sometime next year or this year, actually. Yeah, that that's on my list too this year because I went there when I was tw- I'm 36. I went there when I was 21, mm-hmm. and to my girlfriend at the time, she had grew up there. But when I was 21. As much as the place was beautiful, I had no idea 
what like what we're talking about right now. I didn't know what it was. The vortex is the spiritual place. Vortex. So, I said portal vortex. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean it says similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, I guess it would be called or vortexes, vortex. I don't know. Energy, energy, energy funnels. <laughs> but I didn't know about. So I just accepted, knew the beauty of it, but I didn't realize that part of it. So now I'm like, oh, I need to go back. Be, but even then, if I knew back then, I wouldn't have appreciated it because, you know, I, uh, I, it's funny because Facebook memories constantly reminds me how much I have changed. Like, <laughs> I, I, used to, <laughs> yep. I used to talk about, I was like, really? I used to be one of those fanatic sports fans, you know, that would, I was like, that I talk crap about now. And I'm like, I see those posts and I'm like, I get to chill. Like, oh, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. It's just like a different phase. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I know what you mean. It's just, yeah. Yeah, different phase that you've grown out and for you it's just a different time and but yeah so i wouldn't have even appreciated it if i even had known those things then because i just wasn't about that then but yeah man be- beautiful place as you know and um i'll go to albuquerque have you ever been out there um doing a road trip so um i actually used to live in atlanta georgia so i did we did a road trip from of course the bay area to Atlanta and some of the stops were of course Sedona the first stop and we did do like a, a water a water and coffee break in in uh, Albuquerque and I didn't see too much of it but it looked like a cool chill little town you know I, did, I have heard it is it could be a bit dangerous at times but yeah it was a uh, pretty chill at least the area that I stopped in you know it, it's funny that you say the dangerous thing because I got the vibe that some of the people there were trying to make their town a little like tough, you know, maybe because like <laughs> outsiders come in. But this desert here where I come from is not, you know, it's not no cush place either. You know, like it, in Southern California, they did a study a couple of years ago where Victorville, the area I'm in, was ranked of 100,000 city populations of 100,000 or more. It was ranked as like ninth most dangerous. So, Shit. you know, I've spent a couple of years without cars walking around. So, um, you know, not not that it's like the hood or projects or anything, but, you know, it's still it's got a certain way about it. So when I went to Albuquerque, um, I walked into a bar one night mm-hmm. and it's funny, bro, because even when I go to vegan events, I get called out for my energy. And one of the mm-hmm. speakers the next day was like, he drove 10 hours from Albuquerque and he got into town and asked where he can go have a drink at. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to this bar by myself and I just walked in, started chatting up with people and uh the guy at the bar a couple of people i was talking to they were cool never had any trouble but you could tell they were trying to make it they're like yeah man like people get their cars robbed out here get this that people have been found murdered over here and i was like Damn. man i grew up 10 hours and it sounds like i came to the same city like it sounds like <laughs> any different like what are you trying to tell me like <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> it's it was, almost like it was... it's something you're trying to see something new where you're going to seem the same thing you're used to already Damn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like it's a different part of cali but yeah no it's um you know, it's uh, it, but it was a cool little town. Very good vegan scene. I met this um, wanderlust vegan eatery. Man, very good food. Really awesome couple. Younger couple. Um, the guy's into calisthenics. Man, he's you know good representation of uh, veganism. Does the mm. one arm handstands and nice. really good people who make their food with love and compassion. And that's one of the reasons you know why I love doing these vegan festivals and um, because you know the different scenes you get to meet of. Uh, especially the veganism, how the food is different. Uh, I got to explain how in Mexico, they got the green chili, how mm-hmm. it's hot. Yeah. But that couple explained to me, if so during Thanksgiving and Christmas time, there's no uh, gravy. It's either red chili or green or both. So they mm-hmm. said, if you order your food, you want both chilies, you say Christmas. So <laughs> the next day, the last day I was there for two days, I went out, left on a Sunday and they have this really cool rail yard market out there in Albuquerque on Sundays where it's a big kind of like farmer's market and it's at the rail yard and really cool. And I met up with them there, ate some more of their food. And <laughs> they asked me, they're going to ask me what kind of chili I want. They're like, would you like the red or green? And I cut them off. I was like, Christmas. And like, <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, it was so good. And yeah. it was, uh, if you ever get a chance, man, they've got a little good, uh, you know, if you ever happen to be out that way, they got a good little good little scene for it, man. And it's different than the kind of food that we're used to here in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I like how you mentioned the green chili, because usually made from tomatillos and the serrano pepper. Oh, I love them. So I good. Put the on it, like, 
Chile. <laughs> Chile. The Serrano Chile and the Tomatillos, yeah. Because that's what my mom made. And then I just learned how to make it like from her. And I just make it myself sometimes. I do get lazy if I store-bought sometimes. But for the most part, I like like making it myself. And it's hella good. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes adding like a few extra peppers just to, you know, throw in a little extra okay. kick. But yeah, it's really and is good. And uh, is that what you are for, are you, for Hispanic? Like... Yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm Mexican, and uh, after doing the DNA test, of course, most Mexicans are you know part Spanish and part Native American, and everything else is like in there too, like part everything. So basically, I just, I'm like I, a super mite. <laughs> I'm the same way. It's kind of what I was asking because I, I kind of get the vibe that you like. I've always had the vibe that I think like a, like a native, like you'd have that Native American. Like you said something about the wind and the trees earlier, and like that's how I've always been, mm-hmm. and I just. Like I said, I have some friends that are from the Ohlone tribe, you know, originally up from the Bay. And it's cool because they do. Are you familiar with Native American sweat lodges? I've heard of them, but I don't know too much about them. I just know they exist. So you talk about killing and cleansing. Let me tell you about this. This It's perfect to talk about. Yeah, Um, yeah, so this is. uh, So I met these people real quick. I'll tell you just real quick how I met them because that part was kind of interesting. I worked for my nonprofit for a year. That's how I got more introduced to the public speaking. And I actually, this nonprofit, this is kind of good to know too, in the wellness coaching, uh, I met this nonprofit years ago, reached out to them in 2013. They were domestic violence center. And I tell people, you never know when you plant seeds, what's going to happen. Because I didn't know when I did this in 2013, you know, but I reached out to them and said, hey, I want to put on a benefit comedy show for you during the holidays for, you know, raise donations for kids and the women, you know, and they're like, I just randomly reached out to them and they're like, yeah, you know, family assistance program was their name. And I had done like five after that, you know, but they built up a relationship. And at one point when I was, uh, it's funny that you used the yin yang symbol for your logo. Cause I use the same for my all around Zen, mm-hmm. which is my wellness coaching. Mm-hmm. And when I first started making my Facebook page, the guy that I already knew from the program uh, that really appreciated what I had done for them, he said, Hey Matt, can you do wellness coaching for my staff of employees? Uh, he's like, we usually go to a place down in Rancho Cucamonga called the Zen Center. Uh, and he's like, but they're booked up. And I was like, yeah, I got you. And at the moment, I had nothing drawn up, no program of any kind. But I knew, like, I'm capable of it. And um, from there on, I came up with this uh, two-phase, like, from I was talking about nutrition. I came up with a six-page nutrition guide for people that was really simplified, Um talk about meditation uh purifying plants that you could put in your house uh mm. talking about the cruelty free products that you could find or non-toxic you know they're healthier for you talking about essential oils and these i had two phases that were two hours each and i was about six different times i got to go to their their place and speak wellness in front of them and i'll tell you what this is the beauty of the, my comedy it 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 allowed me to be so efficient in public speaking once i got to do something i loved Mm-hmm. And so they got, they booked me to do some more of those. I even got to do one. Uh, they took me on a retreat to Palm Springs for a big old group of former human trafficking victims. Mm. And I got to do a one man comedy show for them. I got to do wellness coaching for them, like with the nutrition and they really ate it up. And that was one of the better gigs, you know, cause that was a, that was a crazy weekend to hear some of these stories and, you know, but uh, from there, it, it that really grew uh, the relationship there. And um, I okay, I forgot my main point. See, I told you I was gonna branch <laughs> off. I, I told you I was waiting for. It. I was like surprised I had it. Um, but with um, I was bringing up my main point. <laughs> I was just busy listening the whole time. I was just like immersed in everything you were saying. Oh, so thank you, thank you. I know I'm just trying to remember where I was going with the the main point of why I brought up family assistance and oh, gotcha, got it. We brought it back. <laughs> so. This program eventually, it's weird how things worked out. I worked at Macy's a couple years ago. Told you before we started this podcast, moved to Long Beach. When I was moved, that didn't work. Had to come back to my area, kind of go back to the drawing board. And I was working at Macy's, getting passed over, demoted for not having leadership. <laughs> and I look at all the things I'm doing now, you know. Uh, so it was, you know, it was getting very frustrating. But then the guy from that program reached out to me and said, hey, Matthew, got this a gig basically as a public speaker going to schools and different things. So last year was a life changing year where I finally got to, you know, go in and use these public speaking skills. But why I was doing that, I was also responsible for donations. And I met this indigenous embrace. That's the nonprofit of native Americans. 
And right away, I started clicking with them. I told them, hey, look, you know, I've always been fond of the Native American lifestyle, culture, how I love the wind. I tell them I love the wind when I'm walking down the street and it's breezy or windy. I pay attention to how it feels and like taking in the energy. I, I've always told people to me, that's that's the spirit. That's karma. That's the main ether. I mean, what else? Like you were saying, the trees, you see them blowing wind and the spirit or like it's a spirit. You know, you can always, you know, it's there and there's mm-hmm. nothing else in nature that you know is there, but you can't see. You could see water, you could see trees, but you can't see the wind. You could see the effects of it, mm-hmm. but you can't see it. Exactly. You, you could like feel it, you could sense it, but like you said, yeah. it's not all the senses that could feel the wind. Yes, exactly. So when I was telling them this, they're like, you know what, we're going to invite you to some of our gatherings. And oh, this takes another twist that I wasn't even thinking about. That was weird. So they're going to start inviting you to some of our gatherings, you know, next year. I was like, yeah, definitely let me know. She's like, you won't feel so weird there. So like maybe weeks later, a month later, I had bought this book. I love bargain shopping for books at Barnes and Noble in the clearance section. Mm-hmm. And I have like 150 books. I'm never going to read them all. I'll keep buying books. <laughs> it's like me. You never know what you're going to want, what's, what's, what you need at the time, you know? And so I bought this Native American healing book a couple years prior, decided to finally start reading it. And I'm reading about saunas and sweat lodges and how Native Americans were the originators of these. You know, mm. they actually created saunas, basically. They would sweat out. And I read about how they bring in basically it's lava rocks, grandfather rocks, because they're like the oldest rocks on the planet. And they heat them up in a fire pit for hours. And then they bring these rocks in using deer antlers. And they bring them in this pit inside the sweat lodge and explaining it. So I put the book down and reading about it. And this was bizarre. Put the book down. Maybe a minute later, the wife of that group texts me. Say, hey, Matthew, I would like to invite you to our first sweat lodge of the year in January next month if you're able to make it. And I just sat there frozen almost. And I looked up at like the sky, the universe, like what? And then I went for the first time last January. I just went to the one this January. And bro, like it's amazing an experience because um, I went in there last year. The one January was different because a little different. There was more people. And here's the thing about Native American life. Everything they do has a reason. Um, Their tent that they do it in is like 14 feet in diameter. And I asked him, is there a reason? And he's like, yes, because we live for the past seven generations and the next seven generations. So 14 feet. I was like, oh, okay, you know. Mm. And they do four rounds of these these, uh, sweats. They open it up each round and they start with the east because they start everything with east where the sun rises and then they go around. Now, and it was a trip to me, man, when I was in there and I see these rocks being brought in by a deer antler because I was just reading that book a month before, you know, Mm -hmm. and everything was true to a T. And then they burn natural medicines like lavender and eucalyptus and certain tree saps and about five different medicines altogether. And these go directly on the the hot rocks. Mm. So it is the most unique and beautiful smell. Like it's a medicine. And they tell you before you go in, if you need to heal, if you need to cry in there, cry, do whatever, you know. Um, And they commented this time that when we went in, it was a very positive one. They're like, everybody seemed to be in a good place. Um, But so you go in and when you go in and they shut that flap, it's like being in a cave. You could put your hand in front of your face and you're not seeing anything, not a mm. silhouette, a shadow, nothing is dark. And so it also becomes a mind check and workout because and um, the very first time I had, I got hit with anxiety because mm. Richard had told me could take an hour and a half, two hours of full sweat. And so we go in there it shuts pitch black. I hear the, and they pour water directly on the rock. So Richard, who owns the home, who's my buddy, who leads the ceremonies, they're the one controlling how hot it's kind of getting and what's going on. So, but as soon as I heard that water hit the rocks, it was like, and it's pitch black in there. And you're, and you're hour and a half, two hours in your head. Honestly, mm. it was like this kind of anxiety kicked in. And I was like, oh shit, what am I doing? You know? <laughs> But then moments later, Richard broke into like a Native American song because they'll sing songs in there. Native American. Oh, man, it was instantly. It was just that anxiety went away. 
Uh, later, they pass around instruments, and one of the shakers made its way to me. So I just rocked out with anything because nobody could see you in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then this past one I went to the other day, last weekend, man, it, it, I tell people it's hard to quite explain the feeling you get. It's, it's the deepest detox I've ever felt. Like I come mm-hmm. away next couple of days feeling lighter, feeling like the air on top of me is less. Like, and because it's a deep, deep sweat and it's not that BO kind of sweat. Never does it even smell bad in there. And it, it, it's beautiful. And but you got to learn to control your mind a little bit because it can get hot and get steamy. So you're breathing in kind of hot air mm. and uh, tell people, you know, anybody thinks things like, of course, you don't. Um, that's why we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> anybody who thinks these kind of things are hocus pocus, you know, I was in there and there was a moment I was just like, what? Because one of one of them was singing and when I'm in there, I'm rocking back and forth. I'm feeling it. And at one point I'm rocking and I'm saying whatever I'm saying to, you know, like my prayers to the spirits. And I just feel this surge of energy in my shoulders and chest, this tingling just kind of surging through. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on right now, but something is happening in that play. And, um, you know, so and then so it was great, you know, great to know those people. They're, and they're just great healers for the community. They they do it all for free for people and mm. they're doing a big native American powwow this year at the lake. And I get to MC that for them. So, you know, it's just, it, it, it's, you know, it's a blessing to be able to, like we said, I do a lot of things and it's been fortunate to find a way to balance it because it's nice when people, you know, want their services, especially ones that are doing good out there that, you know, you align with just like when someone hits you up for a speaking gig, whether you reach out to them and they say, yeah, or they've reached out to you. As you know, it always feels good for someone to value what you bring uh, to the table and say, hey, come speak your message and story to us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I like how you brought up how you like to learn and integrate with like ancient Native American, what well, ancient, but like Native American practices. Because a lot of times, like I said before, a lot of people, they think it's like I said, too woo woo, too hocus pocus. But a lot of, at the same time, there are practices that were done in the past that people benefited from. And it's still, to this day, still practice, of course, like in a smaller scale, but it's still being done like you experienced yourself. And I, I like how uh, they integrated like the sound healing by make, doing it in the dark. where And also um, where your breathing is altered as well. Because I've experienced sound, he- sound healing in different occasions with, diff- with different modalities. And man, just it just hits different. Like I said before, it's so hard to explain. One time, yes. before my first speaking gig last year for uh, for Google, of course, I was a nervous wreck. I was still dealing with with uh, I was still healing from anxiety. Actually, I don't think I had. I felt anxiety for like months because I'll share this story in a different episode because it's a little bit intense. But but uh, long story short, um, I didn't have like an anxiety episode for months, and it was like around the last one I had was like in May, I think, and it was in August when I spoke in Google. And I was starting to feel anxiety right before, uh, like, I went up with the panel. I was like, damn, feel kind of nervous, shaking a bit, feeling, like, kind of tense. But then it did a sound healing beforehand. They were doing oh. chanting. They were doing drums. They were doing singing. And it was amazing. I just felt relieved, relaxed. And, you know, like, one of my friends, too, that uh, that re- went to record for me, he was, uh, he was like, man, I feel like, release i feel like like tears coming down just like release and just felt lighter all of a sudden and i felt like hella better too i was then it was time for the panel go up i'm ready i'm gonna go first i told my friend organizer i'm like let's go let's do this shit let's go i'm ready so um, actually um they actually realized we have less time than expected and i was chill about it i was like i'll just i put my notes away i'm like i'm just doing the fly whatever feels right and actually i did upload it as a as a podcast episode on instagram too when i talked about um generational health we a lot of people talk about generational wealth i talked about generational health how um, uh, how being yeah, uh, being masculine and with immigrant parents, our parents just like they did a great job of just you know, for not just my parents, but like for other other parents, like first uh, generation uh, immigrant parents as well. They just put in the work and just focus on surviving. But a lot of times they're not aware of how to really take care of yourselves and like like holistic health and things like that. So that gets neglected. That's why, unfortunately, there's a lot of disease that runs with the previous generation. And I'm like, you know, we got to focus on, on taking care of previous generation, our generation, and a future generation as well. Send the example and just providing um, the knowledge that it's not out there. Or at least uh, providing in a way where a lot of people could receive the information and apply it. 
Oh, so yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's great to see a lot of these older practices or alternative. Um, we have something here. Uh, you know, you're familiar with Rancho Cucamonga? Yeah, again, I've heard of that before, too, but I don't know exactly where it's at or with it. Yeah. yeah, have you ever seen the movie Next Friday? It's been a while, but yes. <laughs> movie that took that was a movie where they were out on the cul-de-sac with the cholos. That was where Rancho, but Rancho Cucamonga is basically, I don't, yeah, it's kind of hard to place. It's in between. If you're taking the freeway from LA to Vegas, you're gonna run across it. But it's about 35 minutes south of me. Very nice town, kind of the, a money town. Um, I went. I actually emceed their uh, Veg Fest last year. Two of them, and man, actually in October I got the MC at theirs. There's a different one, other one in April. I got the MC do comedy and speak. I was like, man, that was a that was a trip, man. I was really soaking that up when I got back. But uh, Ranch Cucamonga, they have something that's really unique. And do you know? Maybe you guys do. I, you know, only spent one little bit of time in San Francisco. I ate at that that place I told you about. What is it? The little uh, pizza place. Uh, Cybels. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Cybels. They're hella good. <laughs> Yeah, I, yes. I missing my flight. <laughs> I made it though. <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, but uh, so do you guys have up there at all like a Himalayan wellness type center at all? Not that I'm aware of. I'm have to look into that now, but not that I'm aware of. So if any of the listeners from the Bay Area, if you're aware of one, let us know. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Because I would imagine there would be. They're not common, but a couple years ago I stumbled across one over here on Foothill and Rancho Cucamonga. And I tell everybody in this area about it because we're so fortunate to have one. But, and the guy built this under new ownership now, uh, actually ran into the people at the uh, Rancho Cucamonga one. And they said, oh yeah, we're new owners, but uh, they still have it going. And basically it's, they have four rooms and each one is made out of like the walls are Himalayan, like salt. Like most of the room is made out of Himalayan salt that's imported from the Himalayan mountains or the po- or the ones in the Poland area. And dude, as soon as you walk into these, they could be maybe 10 by 10, 12 by 12. They're not super big. Um, you feel the Zen just hit you like instantly. Mm. Like, and he even said, he's like, I made this because of all the pollutants out there and toxins and things and help be able to de- uh, people to be able to detox. And then they have one room that's a lot bigger, way bigger. I don't even know the size of it. And he actually have crushed up Himalayan salt on the floor. And he was saying that people like sometimes with neuropathy, they'll come in there, mm-hmm. you know, numbness of toes and fingers, and they'll leave filling them, you know. Wow. And this place, and I walked out of there, I was, it was amazing. So I need to do that soon. Like next time I do the sweat lodge, I want to do that the very next day. Like it's, mm. I might. I turn into a ball of light and disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Are they both close to each other? Um, well, you know what was nice is a sweat lodge is maybe a 10 minute drive from me. Wow. You know, this, this desert I live in is only about the main bulk of it is about 500,000 people. And it's three main cities called Victorville, Hesperia and Apple Valley. Mm-hmm. Hesperia is a little bit more further out. It's, it's not. It's more a little isolated, more country like. Has it? It's more like unchanged. But uh, then Ranch Cucamonga. That's about maybe like thirty five minute drive. So it's nice that the sweat lodge is up here, just right by me. And uh, it's like a little village in their backyard too. You got someone chopping wood, doing all this. So like I said, I'm fortunate to have some you know nature around me. Uh, even some of the mountains around here. Did you happen to see? I'm not asking if you're a Beyonce fan. I'm not expecting you to be. But did you see her video that came out for Lion King by chance? Like she had a big video. No, so I didn't watch it. There is this mountain right over by me called uh, nickname is Dead Man Hills, and there's stories as to why. Like the area I live in has a very big Native American presence. Uh, like right around the way from me, a couple miles down, right where I hike, there's a place called Chimney Rock. There's a monument there, and it's actually in 1867 where the last known battle happened between Native Americans and white men mm. right there. And it, it happened right near a rock, this mountain I go climbing at. And ever since I started hitting that mountain, I just noticed weird things. I was like, what is it? You know, just weird cuts in the rocks. Um, I eventually found this rock house like with rock stonework and a window in it, which when you look out the window, it overlooks this area called the Cern Valley, which is – you could tell it was a lookout point, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, 
But one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen on that mountain is a sphinx. There's like a sphinx on this mountain. Mm. Sphinx. Like oh. I've looked at the face, it's sculpted in the back. And like I think the ones in Egypt? Not to the, the extent of like it's not shaped that way um, mm. in terms of the exact face or the paws per se. But it has that kind of laying down, you know, it, it same structure. Like, yeah, it's got a long body. And you could tell that the back was sculpted. You could totally look at it and see that is not nature. There's no way. And then when you look at other things around that area, it looks weird. It looks like a X plaza type thing. It's just, you know, when you get on, you know, when you're out there in nature, sometimes you just see things. You just, there's, you know, intuition and things just, you know. But also, you know, there's been Native Americans that lived in that area. But Beyonce came out there back in July. Nobody told, they kept it on the DL like big time. Like she recorded part of her video at that mountain and they recorded that Sphinx. And I was, I was watching the video and just like, wait a minute. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you guys, like, I'm like, you put my Sphinx in like a video with like a hundred million views. Like, what do you do? <laughs> I was so bad, but man, it's like uh, the energy out on that mountain. Um, I went there the other day because someone posted a video uh, nobody's told them where it is. There's a weird hidden bunker on that mountain. Mm-hmm. Someone posted a video that they stumbled across it and they went inside. Inside these rocks that you sneak through, all of a sudden is a big metal door. Mm-hmm. And they open it up, go inside, there's rooms, there's a chair, like an old bunker built in, hidden inside this big giant rock mountain. Bizarre, man. <laughs> and that's why I like this area because it's very, uh, you still have a connection to the land when like people, ancestors are kind of the same environment you know like it's cool i get and see rattlesnakes bobcats i just had to stare down with the, or run in with a bobcat man i was almost oh, at the top shit. of the mountain. yeah man but you Whoa. know what? that was uh i was a little uh a little nerve-wracking being atop of a mountain 45 minutes and saying okay i just saw a bobcat better uh get out of here but you know that's also the same thing i love you know when i was in long beach i wasn't gonna run into no uh bobcat you know mm. it's just much of a snobby people <laughs> yeah man so it seems like just like all types of hidden gems where you're living at you know what you, yeah you said it perfectly it really is you have to find them uh re- really find them to but to appreciate it. a lot of people talk smack about this area we live in but you know what it's 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 hot whatever it's hot i'm out there charging up that mountain when it's hot i get off knowing hey man i'm on this mountain when people are trying to be cool in their office right now and they see you know like and i'm charging this mountain you know i uh, like we said earlier we're talking i like you know challenge myself in nature and it's one of the things i think i've learned to love about an area that i used to not love so much is uh and it's very calm too you know i mean you're in a big city area i moved to orange county you know a couple years ago and this is one of the rare areas in California where you can feel like you're not in California, mm. where you feel you can actually get the quietness. And I felt it in a weird way back when I moved to Huntington Beach a couple of years ago. I, of all the time I've lived up here since 1991, the only time I ever moved away was like three months. And mm. it happened during, did you, you probably saw from up north. I mean, we hear about your guys' fires too. We had that big blue cut fire a couple of years ago that just ravaged through like it was right here by my area. Like it burnt down this old cafe from like the fifties. I hadn't moved out at that time. And it was crazy because, um, okay. So I'm almost, almost lost my <laughs> here with this. Uh, you yeah, know, was, uh, my point B was, Oh, so I came up from that. There was two months span. I had not been up to the desert. So I got to experience something I was never able to at one point because I'd been in the desert every day almost you know living there so two months i was moved out came back up to do something and i was driving up we have this big it's called the cajon pass so it's the exchange from like the ranch Cucamonga area to my area they call our area the high desert because it rises in elevation that's why we get snow so the cajon pass can get really brutal gets backed up it's like the main portal to get to vegas um and i was coming up that one day and it's tripped me out because I was coming up and I hit the top of the peak and I felt this wave of calmness just hit me. And I was like, whoa, like I, I never knew it was like that. Like I, it, it, it's not, you know, it's not the hustle and bustle that, you know, most of California is, you know, it's it's a more affordable area. So people mm-hmm. aren't, you know, you know, and, you know, those areas where it's a little uh, more cost of living. People are more, you know, on the go. Oh, you know, where I'm at, where I'm at, Oakland, San Francisco. 
where where I live and uh, where I work. Always hella busy. Go go go. And of course, there's a few. There's plenty of like you know more chill spots. And um, just nature areas where people are more relaxed. And, of course, you're not going to see people with Bluetooth peace, like, just walking around. Well, that's mostly, like, in parks, like, in Barcadero in San Francisco. But, um, yeah, it's mostly go, 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 hella tense, traffic all over the place. But, uh, but yeah, it sounds like the exact opposite where you're at. Like you said, it's, like, nothing like California. But, uh, yeah, because when most people think California, they just think, like, tech, traffic, and more traffic. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and but and here's another weird thing. It's it's an interesting melting pot of people, man. Like it's mm-hmm. it's the melting for a smaller desert that's grown. It's a melting pot. Like you mm. you get everything here. You know, um, I mean, you got some parts in Atlanta. We got an area in Atlanta that when people hear that name Atlanta, they're like, ooh, don't go there. You know, like it's <laughs> kind of, you know the rough area and. So, I mean, you got, but, you know, so you'll see kind of, you'll see a mingling of people that's pretty interesting. You know, you, you definitely got the gangs out here. We have a high, I know you guys do too. What's interesting about us is we have a high rate of homelessness out here, but it's one of the more affordable areas in California. Mm. When you have an affordable area, it, it attracts a certain type of people. You know, it does attract people who maybe are a little lazier, aren't, you know, who are taking the easier way out. Um, sometimes, you know, or it's an area where lots of drugs, you know, and, and that, 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 you know, so it, it's, it's a weird area, man. <laughs> it really is. And that's why I'm happy to be able to find the things I've done. I mean, it's known as a trap town and, you know, people have told me in the past, like comedic friends, like, Hey man, you got kind of too good for that area. You need to get out. And I used to think the same thing, but now I'm like, this area needs me. Like, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. got work to do and, you know, I'm helping, I'm the only I mean, we've got three people who cook out of that center. Two of them are vegan. You know, I'm like, I'm, and I'm the only guy. So I'm like, I'm the only, I'm literally the only guy here of all the people in this desert. I'm like the guy helping pioneer plant-based fitness. You know, I would like to do a plant-based catering eventually out here. You know, mm. um, there's no restaurants. There's places that have offerings. One of the best menus up here is a, a big old dive bar, the, the great menu, great food, but I don't, the place is, is not, is, I don't like the vibe and stuff. So grimy. Yeah. yeah, It can't be. So, you know, there's places with the options, but no, you know, our farmer's market is starting to get more. I have some friends, Abby's cakes and more who's, they uh, started making vegan options and cupcakes. And, you know, uh, there's this vegan tamale company from down, uh, in Fontana, right down 30 minutes from me. I brought them up. I was organizing a street fair. This was really cool to be able to do last year for my nonprofit. And I was working for, not my nonprofit, but <laughs> one I was working for, I was organizing it. And I hit up this vegan tamale company. I was like, hey, will you come up here and be part of the festival? I'd become friends with them, you know? And I was like, don't worry about taking, uh, paying the fee. I'll take care of it. I just want you guys to come up here and bring something new to the desert. Man, the feedback we got, I get, was uh, was awesome, man, because mm. it's an area that doesn't get vegan food, but I've also seen it growing. I've actually have a goal to put one on out here at festival. You know, I'm mm-hmm. you know got so much on the yeah. plate though. You know, that's the <laughs> one. That, um, I think it would happen, but the thing is, so people ate their food, man, and people that weren't even vegan. There's this older uh, guy, Frank Kelly from the South, who eats a certain way. You know, puts pork in his cornbread. <laughs> you know. <laughs> He, they said, hey, Frank had the food and he really liked it. And I was like, Frank, really? The pork and all that kind of guy? And he loved it, man. He made a Facebook post the next day. He said, hey, man, those vegan tacos, Matt, they were delicious. They're on my uh, menu from now on. And then a lady who was born in Mexico, she's in her 40s, my coworker who cooks very authentic Mexican food. This blew my mind. I was like, I don't know if she realized what she just said. But she told me, and we talked to Karina, the lady who makes the food. She's like, I put love and passion into my food. So, you know, that always shows. Mm-hmm. And my friend, she was like, those tamales are really good. She's like, when I ate it, I felt good. I was like, whoa, whoa. this lady's own culture food that she's been didn't make her food feel that way, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to be able to. It's a little frustrating, like to not be in an area like where it's supported a lot. But at the same time. I'm also in a role where, hey, at least I'm doing something about it. You know, I get to help that and use my connections. And mm-hmm. you're now, helping it grow. Yes. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. So, so yeah, Matthew, 
thank you for being on this podcast. Thank you for sharing your experiences, your stories, your wisdom. And I know you're a busy man. Now you got to get going. But yeah, any uh, any last message you have for our listeners? You know what? I just, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, I, I think I want to touch real quick on what you were saying about listening to the preview episode you did about, you know, keeping the momentum going. And I think that's just what, you know, everybody, I, that was my main focus too this year. I think everybody, you know, just focus on keeping that momentum going, you know, building good habits. I could tell people, man, that, that with the New Year's resolution, that's embedded in our habits. You know, if you want to make any changes, you know, you, you got to be conscious of every decision you make when you eat some food. How is this going to make me feel? What's this going to do? You know, I've been able to kind of, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a big drinker, but I've been able to cut back a little bit on the alcohol lately, just not even having a beard, like when I watch a boxing match. Because I'm like, especially after the detox, I'm like, I just detox and I'm being very mindful of like, I'm thinking like that's going to reverse exactly what I just did. So, you know, just everybody keep that momentum going out there. Just be mindful of those decisions. That's how we keep that momentum going and um, day after day making the right ones. And we slip up, just being mindful that we did and getting right back on track. And of course, thank you for having me, man. It's good to actually finally speak uh, face to face. face. Yes. We're face to face right now. I mean, definitely let me know uh, next time you come down to uh, Muscle Beach to hit up the uh, little park down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and then uh, I'll let you know when I'm back up there. Uh, I'm going to hopefully try to get back to the uh, San Francisco Veg Fest this year and mm-hmm. just uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's great that you see you out there speaking, keep spreading that message um, because, you know, we're all doing our own individual thing, but at the same time, we're all an army out there, you know, mm-hmm. helping on an entire level, you know, change the consciousness and food and, you know, you're doing it up there and part of your, you know, the northern northern side. I'm down here in the southern side. So mm-hmm. it all works together. So it's it's great to uh, be able to link up and talk with people and share our information together for uh, for your people. Right on. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And I know um, we, we probably got to bring you bring you back on again a different day where we have more time because I know yeah. you have plenty more to share. Plenty yeah. more value to share. Go on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just just keep doing what you're doing, though, because I know you're doing like. You're providing so much value to people with coaching, with your cooking classes, with your comedy, and just speaking and just providing that overall message. Even with the stories that you that you share, you provide so much value. So just keep doing what you're doing, Matthew. And likewise, man, the videos, I see your videos and, you know, uh, it just the likewise with you. Uh, keep keep doing what you're doing and uh, just keep uh, spreading that that love and inspiration, man. And, of course, uh, go vegan in 2020. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So thank you, Aaron, for listening. And uh, thank you for being patient with me. I feel hella better now, physically, mentally, emotionally, and I'm ready to continue on weekly episodes. And like like we were saying before, keeping the momentum going and just hitting it hard and, you know, just continue growing all the time. So thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Catch you guys next time. Peace. Thank you.